normally, like, I know I need a haircut because, like, I'll put on the headphones and the hair blocks the headphones. Are you uh, are you expanding on your, your bit about pube hair? No. Oh, thank God. Uh, but uh, I am realizing that now not only is my head hair getting in the way, but my beard hair is getting in there, too. So I have to brush that down before I put them on now. Start brushing your beard hair? Yeah, like we'll brush it down with my fingers before I put on the headphones. Uh, so get all in there. Note to self-label these as Justin's <laughs> headphones. <laughs> Not Russ. Uh, I'm almost. I'm ten pages away from finishing another book. Last time you were like six pages away from finishing a book, and then like I could have waited. No, no, I'm not. But it's another not horror book. <laughs> so like, I did it again. How? Like I, people I think have different definitions of like what is disturbing or whatever. Because like I had, this was recommended, and then I looked and uh, like the reviews, and it said like a disturbing, blah blah blah. Like the word disturbing popped up like four or five times, and I think just what other like the average person's definition of disturbing is different than mine. Like if that's what I'm looking for, I feel like a uh, lot of disturbing is just like this is. Maybe a little inhumane or yeah, like, like if it was in real life, of course it would be. But like if yeah. I'm going to a fiction thing, you want monsters. I want something. You want a giant dickheaded monster. Yeah, <laughs> is that too much to ask <laughs> to get a giant dickheaded monster? Which reminds me, I showed you this a, a week or two ago. I was at the library with my wife and, and youngest son, and uh, I looked and I got a book of artwork by Clive Barker. And I showed it to her, and she was like, I don't want this in my house. And I'm like, <laughs> it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. She said, really? And she just randomly flipped to a page. And it was two creatures. The predominant one, both of them actually, have a giant penis growing out of the top of their head. And the one featured prominently is just jerking off the penis on the top of his head, which is totally erect. Yeah. And I showed that to you, and that's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. So she flipped like four pages in a row, and every single one of dick, them had dick, dicks. Dick, dick, dick. <laughs> Need I go on? Dick, dick, dick. She was doing that in the children's section of the library. That's not a joke. <laughs> uh, I went and saw um, Spider-Man Homecoming like a month ago or something, a few weeks ago. And uh, it was like, I was late to the to the the game and it had already been out for like a month <clears throat> and i think it was like whatever the th- wherever the theater is it was like the last day before school because it was a sunday matinee and it was just like me and my girlfriend and then everything else was like kids mm-hmm. and their parents right so it's my girlfriend me and then there's like a kid and the dad there and Throughout the whole thing, the kid's, like, asking questions, and the dad's like, you know, shh, but, you know, I'll answer that, whatever. And this isn't really a spoiler or anything, but basically at one point, one of the characters is in a computer lab in the school doing Spider-Man stuff. And uh, the teacher walks in and says, what are you doing? And so to cover that he was doing Spider-Man stuff, he says, "Uh, I was looking at porn and it's a funny joke in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I chuckled a little bit to myself. 
Then the kid beside me asks his dad, Daddy, what's porn? And I, I was convulsing. I have no idea what happened for the next five minutes of the movie. I just had to turn to my girlfriend and be like, that kid just asked what, what's Did you porn? Listen? It was the best thing. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Did you hear the answer? Did his daddy answer him? I don't I don't know. I was I was trying not to blurt laugh. It was I was trying to keep all my laughter inside as close as I could. Oh, it was it made that movie for me. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I look forward to that day. <laughs> you're not going to be like, all right, you're you're nine now. You know, here here's what porn is. We've talked about that. Like I think. When it comes to that point, I'll probably buy him a Playboy or something. Yeah. But, like, my fear is, like, that's not going to be enough. Like, because they've got access to the internet and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to, like, be dating their girl at 13 and be like, all right, are we fisting now or what's <laughs> going on? Do you want me to... Show me your fingers. Do you, do you want me to just... Just the whole thing? Like, <laughs> how to, I've seen how this works. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm. there's a little part of me that's genuinely concerned about that. Yeah. Like, how do I procure a horse cock dildo? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen what this is supposed to look like. Yeah. Um, did you, when when did you first have pornography? Uh, my first porn experience was, I feel like a lot of uh, boys, it was a room full of boys who had procured a tape. One of them had procured a tape and, you know. We went to a house where the parents weren't there, and it was like 15 preteens mm-hmm. watching a porn together. Yeah, you heard about that. was my exact thing with Sex Phone Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, you remember the, do you remember the name? No, no idea. It was, mine was Sinful 7, and I, I, I think you know everything's online by this point, Was right? this all little people? No, because like, I'm imagining the seven no. dwarfs. That you got grumpy there. <laughs> I think it was a play off the seven deadly sins, but I think it was just seven scenes. Okay. Uh, but I remember a dude banging a chick on a motorcycle. But like, it's literally a set. So it's like nothing. There's no set or anything. It's just no backdressing. Just a backdrop, motorcycle, sex. <laughs> the- <laughs> and I can't... I. I'm pretty sure everything's on the internet by this point, but I've I've done searching. I've been like nostalgia horny, and <laughs> nostalgia. <laughs> been like, I wonder if I can find that. Like I I have yet to find it. I, when I get like that, I just pull out my middle school yearbook. It's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Shame on you. Those are children. Uh, my the thing that I remember is my friend from down the street, the one that I. Uh, we had like a, we thought that there was a thing in the woods together. Mm-hmm. He had found like it was very rural, very country uh, area. And Did he, he find a porn stash. And he well, he found a magazine like oh. that somebody had thrown out like in the woods and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gave me like a couple pictures, and it was just like topless women or whatever, right? Yeah. And I strategically like had them folded up inside of like uh, a little tin that I'd gotten, like similar to like an Altoids container mm-hmm. hidden inside of another box, like hidden in it, like <laughs> layers upon layers of hiding. Right. <laughs> but he gave them to me on the bus in like seventh grade or something like that. Hmm. And he was that's my neighbor. So in hindsight, that's dumb, right? Cause yeah. he's my neighbor. I don't know why we brought it to school, <laughs> 
But the day that we he gave them to me on the bus, the bus driver was like, uh, he gave them to me before school. So I actually took them with me to school, which again, this seems really mm. dumb. Yeah, in hindsight. Uh, but the bus driver, when she got when we got to school, she told us to stay and wait. So we immediately looked at each other like, we are fucking busted. <laughs> How did she do this? Because we were like all coy, back, like we're in the back. And yeah. then he's like slowly handing me these two pieces of folded up, weathered, worn <laughs> pieces of pornography, right? With, this with is, big hair and fake tits. But this is contraband, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, so we look at each other knowingly like we are about to get fucked up. And it was totally unrelated. Like, there, yeah. like one of the girls had been falling asleep the previous week, so we were like tapping her on the shoulder and waking her up. <laughs> so we got in trouble for that. Like, <laughs> you need to stop and let her sleep. Uh, but yeah, that was my stash for a little while. And then what I ended up like, I ended up feeling guilty about it. Like a few weeks or months later, mm-hmm. and my parents left, and I was like, I need to dispose of these properly. And I've seen people do this in movies. Throw it in the trash can and burn it. So, no, I'm going to do the thing that you see in movies, which is where you light it on fire and then, like, hold it up. Mm-hmm. And then it burns. And then, slowly. like, you, slowly. And then you, like, drop it in a bathtub. Drop it in wet water. Yeah. So, I'm going to do this in the in the bathroom sink and, like, the marble vanity top, right? <laughs> and, like, very, very quickly, I realize that's way hotter than it looks like. <laughs> Like, plus I'm a seventh grade pussy, right? Mm. But it's also way hotter than it looks like on when you watch it on TV. Yeah. I'm probably holding it wrong, so I'm probably holding it at the top, and it's all going up towards my hand. Right. But I barely burned any of it, and then was panic-stricken that I was going to burn the vanity. So then I just ended up, like, cutting it up. In the t- and I, I might have put it in a pop can. Like, that was probably my, my <laughs> before I started shoving condoms into pop cans, I was shoving pornography into them. Don't remind me of that. (laughs) Worst story you've ever told on the podcast. Of all the things that you've said and heard, that seems like a weird one to be hung up on. Maybe it's just me that if I see a pop can, there's a little bit of hope that maybe there's something there (laughs) that's abandoned. Taking something you hold so dear and turning it into something so terrible. (laughs) That just seems like, when I see, the same as like when I see somebody spit and like, chew tobacco and spit oh, into a pop can oh that's like, gross the spitting like, is whatever that's gross but spitting into a pop can i'm like what if somebody finds <laughs> that and drinks it <laughs> <laughs> oh i literally almost vomited there yeah that's pretty gross uh i don't get chewing like i don't get smoking but i definitely don't get chewing yeah like it's not even chewing you just put it in your lip and then it burns and you get kind of high, I guess, because there's nicotine in there. Yeah. I don't know. Like, that's just like, hey, why don't you just use a nicotine pouch? And then you don't have to spit, and you don't have to get the cancer. That seems way easier. I don't have answers. <laughs> I don't have answers. I want to see, like, a really classy guy once, like, chewing. Like a like you've never seen a mm, I say, like you like or or like a rapper you've never seen a rapper with like a big wad and like he does a bunch of raps and then he just like spits on like his Rolls Royce or something like <laughs> who was that uh, maybe Bubba Sparks I don't know who that is uh, he's a, like a white Southern rapper 
That's, uh, he that's did, Kid uh, Rock. Miss New Booty. I found you. I, Miss I, New- I don't know anything. <sighs> you have no. Don't bring something up that you have zero point of reference to. I didn't bring up, bring up Bubba Gump or <laughs> Bubba Sparks. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, who was the guy? Do you know country at all? Who was the guy who did that? Uh, I throw her eye. I play chicken with the train. You know that I play. Ch- I don't know. He hung out with those save a horse, ride a cowboy guys. Don't know. Garth Brooks. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of my point for country also. That's my reference point. That I and the watermelon crawl, which I don't even remember who sang that. I got nothing for you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so segways? Sure. Those are fun. I We exceed oh, the weight Jesus limit. Christ. Loved ones. Synopsis. Oh. Uh, you just got caught off guard. Oh, yeah. shit. We're talking about a movie today? I did. Well, I don't know. I had more banter. I don't know. <laughs> oh, banter then. Well, I did yoga for the first time today. Like, I I thought so. You look pretty limber. <laughs> you cartwheeled down the steps. For real, though, like, I don't know. Things kept popping on the drive over here. <laughs> uh, was was it, it like my back feels looser? Was it the car suspension? <laughs> <laughs> like my back feels looser uh i literally at one point felt like i was gonna vomit and die but uh yeah it was good yeah we uh our technical writer is also a yoga teacher and so she took the fat guys into the warehouse and was like let's do some yoga so i feel good good it's fun that's got to be good for everybody right like i tend to joke and be cynical mm-hmm. but that's one that seems pretty harmless yeah, like, and it's, you know, it's not going to, like, make me less fat, but it is going to make my posture better, make me more limber, and it's going to, like, I don't know. I don't feel like getting healthy when I feel like shit. Like, if I feel like shit, I'm just like, I feel like shit, just shove more into there and just make it end quicker. <laughs> make it for, make <laughs> you forget. Yeah. <laughs> but, like... High fructose corn syrup. Yeah. Make me forget, please. Uh, but yeah, I felt like I, I don't know, I had more energy afterwards and stuff. That's good. It was just like you know, forty-five minutes yoga, but whatever. That's good. So that's gonna be my new Tuesdays. You have so little time. I know, right? <laughs> that's that's taking up an hour of my work day. <laughs> you gotta make up that YouTube time with less sleep. I know. <laughs> I've been going. I've I've not been getting much sleep lately. I've been going to bed at like, because I get up at like seven or eight. Usually I go to bed. I want to be in bed by midnight, but I've been going to bed at like two, so I just feel like shit all day. Yeah. I go to bed. I go to bed about seven or eight, and then get (laughs) up at two. That's not a joke. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Should we try this again? All right. Loved ones. Loved ones. Synopsis. Uh. So. A, a kid who accidentally killed his father in a car accident and is now facing mental problems from that. Wait, which I'm going to stop you there. Did he accidentally kill or did his father die in a car accident that I mean, he was driving? He was driving. Like, but, but I think that's the thing is like automatically you put that on yourself and that's yeah, definitely a, a character that point. Didn't, that didn't need to be an action verb. I'm not, I'm not, but that's a, the point of the movie is he yeah. does feel like he killed his father. And... His mom seems to feel that way also. Yes. Anyway, 
his dad died in a car accident. He was driving. He blamed himself. Uh, and prom, or the Australian pro- equivalent of prom, is coming up. Some weird girl asks him. He says they already have a date. So then she captures him and has prom at his house, which involves knives and drills and stuff. And an incestual father. Yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Overall thoughts? Uh, I, this is going to be the theme for the night. Like, I really liked it with like one big caveat. Like, I wish this wasn't there. Okay. And for me, that was the B-plot. Okay. It served no purpose. It was the most fun part of that movie. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed all of those scenes. Yes. But it served no purpose. It didn't come around at all mm-hmm. to anything. Everything that you said is exactly what I thought the first time that I watched it. And then watching it for this, I think a lot of it was just that I knew it was there. But I don't disagree necessarily. It was just more like I already knew that it was coming or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think I tried to look at it a little deeper, but we'll talk about it okay. as we go. Um, so as you said, uh, kids driving home, sees a guy stumble out from the Australian outback, right? all scarred up and looking fucked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks like Mick Taylor, got a hold of him from Wolf Creek. Sure. Uh, swerves off the road, kills his dad. Yeah. Uh, so part of the scene, before you know, we really get into talking about the movie, the, a big part of the scene is uh, the diegetic music, and I wanted to know... I feel like, do you know what diegetic means? No. Diegetic means that the characters and the audience are both experiencing it. So most sound okay. effects are diegetic. Mm-hmm. When music is diegetic, it means the characters listening to music and we're listening to it also, yep. as opposed to like a score. Mm-hmm. So that is something that I feel like horror does way more than most other movies. It's probably true. Is diegetic music. And then like, what? Uh, like, do you have thoughts on that? I th- think that what you're saying is true <laughs> i mean i, I don't I, the one that comes to mind is last house on the left like <laughs> yeah but i don't know which is not but it was a joke but uh no i think it's just it's just a matter of whether it fits or not and i think this movie does it well so it's it's a contrast right like i i like you know you hear the music and then it turns out it's on the radio mm-hmm. and they're singing along or whatever I don't mind that. My absolute like what I absolutely hate is like you're listening to music and you're bobbing along, and then somebody pulls out an earphone and like an earbud, and then music stops. Right, or it's like muffled, or you know it's far away sounding. I don't know when I I feel like that's a diegetic trope that annoys me. I think that there's right answers for every sure everyone. So I mean, speaking in. In general, it's hard to do that. Yeah. It was just an observation that I made during watching this movie. No, that and, I, and I think you're I right. I feel like it's... Nope. After watching all the horror movies and everything, like they do diegetic music, I feel like way more. I think you're absolutely right. Um, so as you said, a uh, guy gets asked to the dance. He says, sorry, I'm going with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, as nice as possible. Right. His uh, friend gets asked out by low rent Kristen Stewart. His friend gets asked out... Uh, his friend, his friend asks out Laurent Kristen Stewart, and his friend is like a skinny, fat face guy. <laughs> like his friend is not really heavy, but yeah. his f- if you just saw his face, you would think he's a fat guy. I think he's just he's built normally. 
as opposed to what we're expecting on film, which right, is just like guys. emaciated. Yeah, <laughs> like that's probably true. It's, he doesn't look like Chris Evans, so it's probably true. Yeah. Um. So now they're both going to prom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, something that I did notice uh, in this is they did a better job of casting people that looked like high school students. Yeah. I didn't say great, better, mm-hmm. better job of casting high school mm-hmm. students, um, especially our lead antagonist, Lola. Looks uh, like she should be in high school. Yeah. And I thought that she did a fucking amazing job. Didn't she? She was real good. Um, so this is... I did not look her up on IMDb like I normally do because I was kind of more engrossed in the movie. Uh, but I hope she has a good career because she deserves it. She yeah. was real good. Yes, yeah, she was. Uh, we'll talk more about her, I'm sure. Um, so the prom starts. Am I skipping anything here? Um, they're getting ready to start the prom. Well, he is out. So he cuts himself. He has a razor blade necklace. He cuts himself. Uh, has a fight with his mom, goes off, and then like does some rock climbing. Which I loved because for a second, like the dog is above him, and I was like, how the hell did that dog climb that mountain? <laughs> and I realized he's like climbing the face of it, and the dog's able to go up the side. Right, and he's just like trying to hold on with one hand to kind of feel like, you know, he's in control, but also on the edge. Mm-hmm. And then he slips and realizes that he wants to live. He definitely wants Yeah, exactly. So right. you, you can see that conflict uh, without... They, they, this was a super uh, an example of showing and not telling. Like, mm-hmm. instead of him having a conversation or a voiceover where he's writing a letter and saying, I don't know how to feel. My mom thinks, blames me for killing my dad. And I don't even know if I want to be around anymore. But I think that I do. Like, yeah. a less coherent movie... Mm-hmm. Less competent movie would have had that scene where he wrote a letter or he made a phone call or he left a message. Or a movie that we wrote. What? <laughs> Did I write that? No, but that seems to be our problem whenever we write movies together. Oh. We do too much telling and not showing. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the point is we're not good at it yet. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so you're right. Um, he ends up... Then a creepy old man comes up behind him, mm-hmm. uh, knocks him out with the old ether and a rag gag. Yeah. And Does this smell like chloroform to you? <laughs> What's that from? I don't know. Uh, like lots of things probably I, I at this point. I, yeah, I think I have a vague recollection of that. Um, then we see Fat Face uh, going to pick up his date, uh, which is the B plot that you were referencing. Mm-hmm. So this is basically Fat Face on the prom date, right? There was a moment that I genuinely laughed out loud because this is the goth girl, right? So he brings her flowers. She's all dressed in black and everything. He gives her these red roses and her mom comes out and he's being a nice, he's a nice guy, right? He's a good kid. He's a drug dealer, but he's a good kid. Yeah. But he makes the joke to the mom and he says, sorry, I couldn't find him in black. (laughs) And I laughed out loud. I was like, that is a genuinely funny thing. Like Mm -hmm. he's acknowledging to the girl's mom while still being sweet. She's kind of a weirdo. Yeah. But, yeah, he was ingratiating himself into the family, and mm-hmm. I really liked totally. it. Yeah. And, he, to the, like he, and to the audience. I, I think he's a great character. I, I, I think he... Uh, I really like that character. Yeah. I think I really... This might be a theme of that. I really like the characters. Yeah. There's nobody that I'm like, why is this character here? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going through my head. I mean, there's not all that many characters, mm-hmm. but they're all okay. there for a reason. Mm-hmm. They all are. I mean, even somebody like the dad slash sheriff of the girl. Yeah, he's a he's he's just a dad slash sheriff. But yeah. he, sh- the, you know, they show that he ch- wants to take a picture of them, so he's involved with his daughter's life and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. the the yeah, I'm with you. Um, and relatively quick, and that a theme with both of these movies. By the way, the. Th- it's the same director. I saw that. Okay. Yeah. Um, neither of these movies is over an hour and 20 minutes. Right. Both of these movies book it. They mm-hmm. do not stay past their welcome. Like, I feel like if there was somebody that wasn't as competent doing these, that he would have stretched this into a two hour movie. Both of these. Like, you see that happen. This particular one, I feel like he stretched into an hour and 20 minutes. With that B plot? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, but they're not two hours. Boom. <laughs> they're not two hours. Good job. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, now we end up at Lola, our antagonist's house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lola, uh, how would you describe Lola? I think her name describes her quite well. Okay. She's... I mean, she's she's like nerdy and weird, but she's the wannabe kind of sex pot. But she's also fucked up in the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and her father is there. He obviously has gotten this boy for her mm-hmm. to have the prom at their house. Right. And he, I don't brings, th- her, he brings her a dress. Yes. So he brings her a dress. Yeah. And and then it's it's icky. She changes, and he watches her. Yeah, she's like, well, what do you think? Let me try it on. And then she just undresses in front of him. As he's, he's like, like biting his lips and trying like, not to look, but he wants lurching. to look. Yeah. Yeah. And they really played the whole incest thing throughout well, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, there was nothing super overt, but it's yeah. obviously They never there. make out. But it's no, a, but it's obviously tension. Yeah. It's... Gross tension. It's... <laughs> which is the best kind of tension. Do we want to have a conversation? Okay. My friend, there's a Reddit AMA, which is Ask Me Anything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he, like, read it all. He got super obsessed with it. Okay. <clears throat> this is this, uh, like, 15-year-old kid. Got into a car accident. Broke both of his arms. Right? And uh, he... A few weeks later, like, he'd been real grouchy and grumpy and just a real fucking turd to deal with. Did his mom jerk him off? And they kind of asked why. His mom jerked him off. And he was like, well... Spoiler, his mom jerked him off. <laughs> I used to be, like, a multiple times a day masturbator, and now I can't. And so, apparently there are nurses that just do this. They jerk off people who can't jerk themselves off. <laughs> I think off. this might be an old wives' tale. Like, I remember hearing this exact same thing before. Anyway, so they decide as a family, mom, dad, and kid, that clinically, this is just clinical, the mom's going to jerk the kid off. Oh. Uh, it's, I still think it's icky. But medically, maybe I'm still on board. Like, I don't. I think you should. If you really think this is a need, you should probably hire someone. It should probably should not be the mom. 
But as long as it's strictly clinical, whatever. So then this happens. They do it throughout. He gets his casts off. And they continue and they have an incestuous relationship. Apparently dad knows the whole time. And then went to college, broke it off. And then after college kind of came back together. It's a real fucked up situation. I don't. I don't know how much I buy that because I feel like that's an old wives' tale that I heard in high school about like a nurse and stuff. Maybe, but like there are nurses that do that. That's totally a thing. There is a medical need for this. Um, we break both my arms. <laughs> if you woke up in the middle of the woods with a condom in your ass, would you tell anyone? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The joke is if you say no, want to go camping. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <Okay>. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, there's this really fucked up situation where it's the true slippery slope. Slippery slope is usually, uh, uh, it's not a way to an argument. It's usually a fallacy. Mm-hmm. This was a true slippery slope where maybe it started off you in didn't an okay air, place. You didn't use air quotes around true. <laughs> Just... Maybe it started off in a, an okay place and then just completely went. Anyway, he got really obsessed with this and he he thinks it's okay to a point. And I'm I not. feel like, no, I feel like I would, all right, that exact situation happens. I would mm-hmm. like buy, not like one of the thousand dollar dolls, but I would like buy a fuck doll or something for my 15 year old kid. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, and then like <laughs> clean it for him. That's way better than yeah, or make him Definitely. wear a condom. Be like, shove it at a pop kid, kid. <laughs> ah, it's <laughs> sharp. Use a <laughs> Powerade bottle or something. <laughs> okay, so now they they start to have Lola and and uh, her date start to have their prom right. Mm-hmm. So they're at the house and they inject magic blue liquid into his throat to make him not be able to talk. Okay. What What is happening there? I have no idea. They just either. like put stuff in his neck and... So I think that's where... I thought the, that was going to be like go sleepy juice, but I was like, he just woke up. Yeah, no, I feel like that's the point uh, in this where you have to... Uh, that's what you have to give for this movie is like the medical stuff. Mm. Um, that's the suspension of disbelief that has to take place. So he can't speak. I guess uh, I never really realized that he didn't talk after that. He doesn't speak the entire time after that. Mm. Um, I guess I missed out on a whole thing. Yeah. There's zero talking from our protagonist yeah. the whole time. Like basically, a third of the way into it or a quarter of the way into it, he can't speak. So maybe they like paralyze his vocal cords? Yeah, that's what I assumed. It was something like that. But you also didn't hear anything, spoiler, later in the movie. Yeah. With her her previous dates, you didn't hear anything. So it almost had to have been a, pre- a permanent thing mm-hmm. that he couldn't talk. Yeah. Um, so then things go poorly on this date. There's, yeah, Bright Eyes is there. Bright Eyes is the lobotomized girlfriend of Daddy. Not really lobotomized. 
she's got a hole in her forehead and she just acts funny. Like, never, like, she's not quite there. You find out later it's not quite a lobotomy. No, but, I mean, functionally it's the same idea. Sure. It's a little more domery. Yeah. Um, But things go poorly for him relatively quickly. Um, How do they start off? So, basically, it's just... The, uh, they make him pee in a cup, and if he doesn't pee in the cup, he's going to nail his cock to the the chair. Yeah, he's tied to a chair to start with, we yeah. should probably say. Um, yeah, so he's got to pee on command, or else he is going to have a bad day with his pee-pee. Yeah. Um, but this is also weird in that this 17-year-old girl is holding this guy's dick, making him pee in front of her father, mm-hmm. and she's talking about putting her mouth on it. Yeah. To get him going. Mm-hmm. You got to fight it. And daddy is cool with this. Well, daddy's already fucked up also. Here's my... But also, she seems to control the house. Oh, for sure. So... He, here's my fan theory. This is Veruca Salt. <laughs> is your head cannon? Yes. Okay. Break this down, right? So Veruca Salt is 12 in Willy Wonka. Mm-hmm. Gets anything she wants. Daddy's girl, right? Sure. She was a bad egg. Right? She gets taken down. She's the bad egg. They lose the money. Now they have to live in rural Australia. She still gets what she wants. And you know Daddy wants to bang her. So he starts abducting boys. He starts abducting boys in order... In order to make Veruca happy. I like that this works in that one, but it really fucks up Willy Wonka. <laughs> no, it's too... It's, you can have a you can have somebody's life go a different way. You heard about the... Remember the girl that was on Sally Jesse with hiccups and then she killed somebody? That's two whole, totally different A, times. no. B, that's... You've already, I feel like, met your Sally Jesse quota. <laughs> Of the podcast, <laughs> I can go. It's on. like you're showing your. <laughs> my, like, yeah, I'm not my. very manly. <laughs> totally reference Sally Jesse Raphael. Uh, yeah, this is Veruca Salt, no doubt about it. Um, so then we we the, the B plot that you were talking about is mm-hmm. basically just Fat Face and his girl on their prom date. Yeah, but they spend most of it in the car. They spend most of it in the car in the parking lot, and that's not relevant. In the slightest. No. Getting high, drinking. Having uh, sex, getting back to her parents' house. Yeah. I feel bad for her. I was watching in that headbanging scene. He has no rhythm. So (laughs) I feel bad for her. He was a sweet guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's the beeline. So we're done with beeline? I do do like the scene where he brings her home. Because she's like wasted. And he's like helping her along. Like one step. And then the dad comes out. Yeah. He's like, and then she like gives him a hug and everything, and the dad's just like looking at him, trying to size up like if he's the douchebag or not. Right, but it's like he seems like a sweet kid, and he yep. got her home safe. And he says, "Looks like I danced her off her feet." And yeah. she's obviously <laughs> just drunk as all hell. Yeah. Like again, like you're a sweet kid. I like you. Yeah. Um, totally loved all those characters. Loved all. I loved all of it. I don't. I, this isn't the movie for it. No, I feel like there's sh- like this guy's second movie should have been the opposite of this to where we just saw the majority of like the B movie becomes the A line yeah. <laughs> and then like intermixed is torture of this other guy. Like you got to see the rest of their date. I would totally watch that. 
it's like this romantic teen comedy with a little bit of torture thrown in. <laughs> yeah. With the, instead of this torture movie with a little bit of romantic comedy thrown in. Yeah, definitely. It uh, it's frustrating. It wasn't because it's so good, and then like, it totally doesn't need to be in there. Yeah, no, it's not bad. All of it's good. All of it's good, but it, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So then there's like a smash cut to we have our guy, which I still don't know his name. I did not write it down. This, the protagonist has a big heart carved into his chest. Before that, he escapes. After after pissing into the cup, he escapes. Yes. Um, and makes it up a tree. <laughs> in a pretty good car chase scene. Yeah. Like, this is a car chase scene that's all, like, the camera is mounted on top of the car. Mm-hmm. And you're watching him run, and you are the car. And the whole time I'm thinking, like, okay, stunt driver driving, like, how quick is he on the brakes if this kid falls down yeah, in the middle of the scene? because it so. looked good. Yeah. It really did. Like, there was, you were... That's probably the most effective one I could think where I was nervous for the actor Mm -hmm. that he was going to get ran over. Yeah. As opposed to just because this is pretty uh, uh, there's multiple takes, but. Oh, yeah, obviously. But uh, it really felt like you were you were chasing him. And it felt like that was that kid. Oh, it definitely and at the did. end when like he makes it up the tree. Yes. So he makes it up the tree. They do cut to him hitting the tree. So obviously he didn't they didn't run into the tree on that take. But no. But he makes he it up the tree. Uh, Lola and Daddy start throwing rocks at him, mm-hmm. and then dude falls out of the tree and hits. Not he doesn't even land like you think that people land like on, on the, cars. On the hood of the car. No, he hits he, like the, the hard panel. side yeah. of it, and it's awesome. It is amazing because yeah, he just crumples. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, also, like okay, you ha- you're up in a tree. They're throwing fairly large rocks. The dude kept sticking his head out, like, protect protect everything that's important. Everything behind that little... You're a skinny kid. You could get it all behind that branch. Yeah. Just stick the head out and go, blah, 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 and then they throw the rock, <laughs> and you're like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Stick and move, kid. Stick and move. <laughs> you say that like you've survived the being stuck in a tree getting rocks thrown at you I was before. the fat kid growing up. I've... <laughs> I've never made it up a tree. That would, that's never happened in my life. I've definitely had to duck objects being thrown at me. <laughs> All right. So now he ends up back inside, right? Yeah. Um, and they immobilize him. His superpower is revealed. Yes. Cutting is his superpower. So they stab him through the feet with steak knives, with steak knives into the ground. And she wants him to cry. But because he cuts himself all the time. His superpower. His superpower is mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> it's PTSD. Um, it's pretty horrific, man. Yeah. Like, you feel this kid with steak knives. Because we've all cut our fingers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But what, what I is- like about this movie is it is very torture but it is certainly not torture porn. They do not... They don't revel in it. The characters revel in the violence. The movie doesn't revel in the violence. Right. And I appreciate that from someone who gets grossed out by, like, hostile crap. Which you still haven't seen. Which I will never see. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. Um, all right, so now he has a heart carved in his chest. Yeah. Now he has an LS carved in his chest. Mm-hmm. And they're throwing salt on him. Yeah. Just loving every minute of it. Mm-hmm. And he's just, like, writhing in pain. Uh, 
but he can't writhe too much because his feet are impaled with steak knives. Yeah. It was good writhing. I bought it. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely bought his writhing technique. Um, So, all right, so he's writhing in pain. Um, Do they, where, where do they go next? Do they immediately go to the lobotomy scene? Um, well, they they crown the king and queen of the prom. Yes. So things and are getting more and more off kilter and demented here, not from a torture aspect, but from a, this is the daddy and Lola living out their fantasy of her being like the prom queen. Right. It's like, it's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre where it's like, this is the, this is the normalcy of a, of a dinner. Yes. And that's what's fucked up. Is yeah. That this is... And then she goes through like a yearbook basically and shows him like, look, we've done this a bunch of times. Here's all my guys that I've sat with and uh, we've played this game. Yeah. But the cover, she has the crown on and I was totally like, what's with the shitty crown? Totally makes sense now. Yes. I liked it. So they decide they're going to, I'm going to call it lobotomize. Not really lobotomize. I call it domerize. So they're going to screw a hole in his forehead. Mm-hmm. And then like pour that's what Jeffrey Dahmer did. He drilled holes into kids' heads. And pour boiling water in. He did LSD, but... Um, so they get the hole drilled. Mm-hmm. Lola is, uh, gets performance anxiety about pouring, pouring in the boiling water. Right. Uh, and he, the, hole, the hole's not big enough. Yes. Uh, and Daddy's pissed off at her. Mm-hmm. But she's his world. Yeah. He loves Lola. He just, she just poured boiling water on his hands. <laughs> But then she's like, Daddy, make the hole bigger. So he gets his drill. Uh, and at this point, our protagonist uh, finishes cutting the uh, the ropes around his hands. We skip able- the dancing scene, which is my favorite. Oh, yes. Because they're, they're slow sta- dancing. They're slow dancing. But and he's this is knived in. So, all right, so, I'll, uh, so the beeline, I would say, watching it again, knowing that it was coming, is you're watching it. I think it's just the juxtaposition of like, this is what one guy's prom night is like versus the other guys, right? And this is the perfect example when they're both dancing back and forth. And the way it's cut a lot of the times in this film is pretty good in that there's moments where you're seeing something happen and then something cuts to another scene, other characters, and you're still attributing it to the previous scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is an example of that where they're dancing and then they cut to Lola dancing with her our protagonist while his feet are stake knifed into the floor right and he has to writhe in pain and rock like back and basically forth basically just rocking and side like to side slicing his feet each time he does um but for a split second you're still thinking that that's the real prom happening yeah. um because they get kicked out for she tries to give him a handy j on the dance floor <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, that guy plays awesome because yeah. he's, like, obviously not comfortable with this and is really nervous about this whole thing. But he's also, at the same time, not going to tell her to get yeah. her hand off his dick. I'm not comfortable, but I'm not going to tell her to stop. <laughs> if, ever, if everyone has to watch this happen, I guess that's how it happens. But I, it's going to happen. <laughs> I think it might have happened, actually. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's kind of where I thought it was. I thought he was going to, like come and it'll be like (laughs) premature ejaculate um okay i appreciate that they didn't do yeah so uh he ends up cutting as they're trying to do the lobotomy cuts through the rope 
Ends up cutting. They open up. They go to feed the monster, and the and there's a monster in the basement. Yes. And they they're trapped. They're trapped doors in the in the living room. Yep. So they're trying to feed the monster a groundhog or some horrible mammal that only lives in Australia. <laughs> it was like some sort of Franken beaver. <laughs> uh, he ends up cutting Daddy's face. Um, with his uh, razor blade necklace. Yep. He pulls the steak knives out of his feet in a and he has grabs a, the drill. He has a very hard time pulling them out of his feet, which I appreciated. Like he's not a superhero. Yeah. Um, and then he shambles forward, like because he can't walk right. It's not like he's a superhero again. Right. He he shambles forward, throws the drill at Daddy. Right. Because yeah. it's he's just trying to do anything. Then stabs Daddy a hundred times in the face and ends up leaving the steak knife stuck in his neck. Yeah. Um, Lola tries to come to Daddy's rescue. Mm-hmm. And Daddy ends up getting knocked into the pit of monster. Yep. In which we reveal. Not a monster. What's in there? Many monsters. Her previous dates. Mm-hmm. Right. The previous prom kings. have been like starved and beaten and. I'll have hearts carved in their chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lola ends up being able to knock our protagonist into the pit where he is forced to kill all of these other dudes. Right. I was like, oh, it's over. And then she knocks him in there. And I was like, oh, well, I guess it's got more time. wonder how he's going to get out of this. <laughs> uh, and he ends up getting out in a pretty genius way. Um, I have my, my notes here. Uh, stack them like cordwood. <laughs> so he stacks... All of the bodies on top of each other. Including the uh, sheriff who comes to the rescue yep. and gets axed in the face. Which is, again, pretty good because you think like, oh shit, he's there, he's going to rescue her. Yeah. No, he's gone quick. And then he picks up his gun and then fires all six shots into no- nothing. Yes. Which Come again, on, man. I, But again, I buy that. Like, you're panicked. You're going to just try to do whatever you can. So he ends up stacking them on top of each other, climbs out. Uh, at this point, his girlfriend has kind of had the idea, wait a minute, uh, I remember him saying that Lola invited him to the prom. She starts to head his way. She's the one that had called the sheriff and told her to go that way. Mm-hmm. So uh, our protagonist ends up making his way out and chasing down Lola because she said, I'm going to go kill your mom because you stabbed my dad in the neck. I'm going to stab your mom in the neck. I'm going to stab your girlfriend in the heart because you stabbed me in the heart. Mm-hmm. So he's racing down the road in... Well, she's she's coming down the road one way. Yes. And Lola throws the uh, scrapbook at her. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, well, what? What is happening here? And then Lola appears. So, and they have like this little struggle for the knife, which I appreciated. Yeah, because it wasn't... Real. Yes, because it's not sexy. Like... Yeah. It's, it's not, not fast it's cut. Not, it's not a Jackie it's Chan not thing. Batting shit away. Yes. And it's just like there's like at one point I I think it was the girlfriend went uh, <laughs> and I'm like yes yeah, perfect <laughs> like it's not like I'm gonna get the better of you yeah it it's just, just like this is a fucked up situation I don't want to be in here <laughs> but I still have to fight for my life <laughs> this sucks and they're doing it in like a, a a Volkswagen Beetle like it's this is not. This is not Jason Statham fighting around a Porsche, like, with Jackie Chan jumping and doing flips. Like, it's... I would see that movie. Those are two more, <laughs> two favorite action stars, so... Oh, Jason Statham? Have you seen the Transporter movies? Oh, fuck you. They're so fucking good. They're so... St- They're so... That oil fight fuck is you. so good. Fuck you. 
Um, <laughs> so, How many Jason Statham movies have you seen? I don't know. I saw a trailer once. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wrote a screenplay that has a Jason Statham joke in it. That's just fuck you, Jason Statham? Basically, yeah. I just had a lisp right there. Did you hear yeah, that? Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically, I heard it. So the joke is, in the screenplay that I wrote, is like, somebody's like, hey, do you want to go see the new Jason Statham movie? And the guy was like, which is basically me. Mm. I was like, what? Is that the one where in the trailer he drop kicks the helicopter out of the air? Fuck you. I don't want to go see that. <laughs> Jason Statham fights are very intimate. Terrible. Intimate. Okay, if if your, if your context for Jason Statham is crank... That movie is fucked up and out there, and it is its own thing. Dwight Yoakam's in that movie. I like Dwight Yoakam. <laughs> but, which, Crank is great. I love it, but I know it's not everyone's taste. But if you watch the, like, watch the first Transporter movie, so good. Anyway. Uh, so our protagonist, who's nameless apparently still, uh, is running down the road. Uh, he swerves to miss his girlfriend, hits Lola. Luckily, she's dead. No. No, she's not. So she ends up. But her cr- arm is quite broken. Cr- crawling awesomely. And her left arm, it's like her her left hand is just severed at the wrist, basically, but just like flopping by muscle. Because you can see like, you can, the bones yeah, sticking out the top. It looks great. But yeah. she's still crawling forward. And he guns it in reverse and obviously decapitates her. I love the slow zoom in on her. Yeah, like you knew it was, was going to. It was really good filmmaking. You knew it was going to happen. You yeah. knew it was going to happen. So at some point it's going to stop being zooming in slow on her face with music. Mm-hmm. But when? Because it could have been at any point because that's probably right. a 30 second shot. They hold that for longer than they should. And then they keep holding it so it's just right. Yes. And then head hits bumper. Any other thoughts on loved ones, Justin? Again, I, I really like this movie. I realize without that B plot, it would be like an hour long. Uh, but I still think that B plot should have been ripped out of there. But I really, really enjoyed. It. I enjoyed the performances. I enjoyed the filmmaking. It was real good for a first film. It's pretty good. Yeah. Especially when you take that in consideration. Yes, especially. Uh, fuck you. Um, did you ever go to prom? I did not. So I went to prom senior year. I planned to go to prom long before prom. Uh, and I broke up with the girl before prom. Nice. Uh, but we were still going to go together cause we kind of said we were going to, uh, and another friend that you might know, mm-hmm. uh, went as well and he was going with someone who had more affection for him than the other way around okay and and our prom ended up with like us to prom a mandate bro date um oh i'm trying to put this together because we ended up going with somebody else the two of us and somebody else ended up ditching. We all three of us basically ditched our dates and we went to like the coffee house across the street is the whole point of the story. Took a while to get there. But yeah. We got somewhere. Yeah. I just wasn't going to throw a person's name around. No. I don't remember details of this. Anyway. <laughs> I'm a douche. 
Welcome to the podcast day. of Half Remembered Stories. <laughs> oh man, I've got this great story that I'm going to tell, and then halfway through it, I'm going to realize that there's nothing at the end, and then I'm just going to slowly kind of back out. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> I do it too. It's fine. Devil's Candy, give us a synopsis. Uh, there's a house in Texas that the devil likes and he uh drives a guy crazy the guy murders and the guy another guy buys the house and he tries to save the murder not really save them i don't know the devil gets in his head also yep but he kind of fights stuff happens yeah overall thoughts uh i think this movie would be fan fucking tastic if the devil weren't in it at all. Take everything supernatural out of this, mm-hmm. and I love it. Mentally ill uh, man, his parents die. He wanders into the house. He has mental problems. He kills kids because he hears voices, uh, and then he just makes the family who bought his parents house life a living hell that's a great story that i've never seen before Mm -hmm. but instead they had to throw in the supernatural devil slash maybe god side into it and it's like it took that away from me okay so we start off by the uh the fat guy with eyes that bounce back and forth in his head mm-hmm. uh, that always plays that same role because that's what he can do is move his eyes back and forth he, really quick. Yeah, he's real good. I like. Uh, I loved him in House. Um, and he kills Shredding his mother. for Jesus. Yeah, so he's he's just jamming out. Shredding on that axe. Uh, playing it as loud as he possibly can. And playing one chord. Yes. But, but that's the point, is yeah. he's just trying to play it loud, right? Mm. Uh, ends up pushing his mom down the stairs, and she dies. Cut to Ethan Embry and his family. Yeah. And um, very quickly, you see this is a tight, very close family. Yeah. I loved this family. You were staring at me like you hated this family. No, no, no. I was waiting for you to keep elaborating. Oh. Like, I loved everything about him. I... Uh, the whole like metal angle and like metal dad and making a little metal girl. I thought that was cool. Uh, the fact that they were just like a modern, like metal hipster family. Yeah. So I relate to this family a lot in that, like you have like this, the mom is very, uh, white class. She wears dresses and, uh, is is like the person that would teach Sunday school, right? And that's my wife. Maybe not the dresses, but she's like literally a preschool teacher by trade. Like she teaches special needs kids. Yeah. Like that's what she does. Like there's no like wider class thing. Meanwhile, I'm the tattooed guy that's into horror that that has a basement full of horror movie stuff. And are trying to indoctrinate your kids. I, it's that's not true exactly. <laughs> If it happens, it happens. And that's exactly what we've got here. You've got Ethan Embry who's into metal and his daughter's into metal. Yeah. And 
you think metal music, you think horror movies. That's not somebody that loves their kids. Those are weirdos. Right. No, this guy legitimately loves his daughter more than anything, and you see that throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Like, they go to this house. The, the, the very beginning, they go to this house. They're looking through this house. They're gonna wondering if they want to buy it, and basically they ask their daughter's permission. Their 13-year-old daughter basically has veto power whether they're going to buy this house or not. You know, like, they really... It matters to her what they to them right. what she thinks because there are teddy bears on the wall. Yes, and this is the example. This is absolutely the example that I give. If you're going to cast someone in high school, this is who you cast. Yeah. If you were to cast this girl, the a which she's cast perfectly, mm-hmm. but this is the girl that would be playing all of those Friday the Thirteenth people and the Nightmare on Elm Street remake when there was the forty year old porn star. That would be the person that you would be putting in that. That's not who you want in there if you're trying to be sexual. No. Yes. Because she was a girl. Yeah. Yeah, but that's my point. That's yeah. what high school girls look like is what we have in this movie. That's a compliment. Or was she middle school? She had to be high school, dude. Like, think, don't think movies. Think real life. Right. I don't know. I assume she was in, like, eighth grade. I don't but think I don't so. Know what, I don't know what. I, I think real life, she's probably 10th grade. Like, people are either, like, kids or 30 to me. <laughs> There's not really no between. <laughs> anyway, um, so they end up moving into this house, right? Mm-hmm. They move into this house. Uh, Ethan Embry is a painter. By the way, this is the movie that I, this is the main movie that I wanted to see when we went to Horror Hound. Okay. This is why Ethan Embry was at Horror Hound when okay. we were there was to promote this movie. Awesome. But we didn't get to see it. What else was, did we? We just didn't stay the extra night. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, sorry, that was just a little, yeah, a little thing. So they they move in from their apartment to this house, and they're like poor, but apparently they can hire movers. Whatever movies, yeah, <laughs> that you're you're absolutely right. That bothered me. So the, every moving scene in movies bothers me because everyone can afford movers, mm-hmm. which is fucking expensive. Yeah, you're getting ready to move. You know it's a huge deal. Oh yeah, it's gonna take you weeks to move. Yeah. No, this is an example like where it happens in one busy afternoon. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, fucking movies. But Bottom. then they hang the picture on the wall and they slowly zoom in on the picture and the music is playing and it's like we're already dead or something like that. Yeah. And I put on this note like, uh, let me read you the note from that exact moment as soon as my phone doesn't fuck up. I like this family. I don't want them to get to. I don't want them to get tortured by the devil. <laughs> <laughs> That was my note. Yeah. Um, so pretty quick. And then. Uh, Basically, they leave him alone for the first day. Who is him? Uh Embry. Yes. And. He's painting. He starts hearing the devil. Like the guy, like the, the mentally ill mm-hmm. guy heard the devil. Yes. And then he goes and pulls down the poster and sees the, the cross, the old cross outline. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and paints an upside down cross. Yes. And, um, and he's supposed to be painting like all day and it just painted. I was like, it took him all day to paint that. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> not like, the point of it. No. But that was my that was my takeaway. Is this the first time that he ditches his daughter? Yeah. So. No. Wait. No. It, it doesn't matter chronologically. Before. It doesn't matter. So he ends up ditching his daughter at school. Like right. he goes. Because to, he's, he's painting. Because the, the, the guy goes and murders a kid on a swing. And then he paints that kid as the butterfly. 
because he's doing a butterfly commission because he's all we're metal. Getting, we're getting off track. He's all metal, right? But he's painting a butterfly commission for a bank. Yes. Because he's trying to provide for his family. Yes. He's selling out. So he's printing, but, uh, he's doing pretty butterflies. Yes. And then mentally ill guy kills a kid on a swing. And then he paints that kid like with no eyes screaming as one of the butterflies. Yes. However, we, we got to go back. So he kills the kid on the swing, but he kills the kid on the swing. He, he checks into a motel. Mm-hmm. He proceeds to try to play the guitar as loud as possible. Right. And he says it's the only way that he cannot hear the voices. Okay. He then shows up at Ethan Embry's house. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that, yeah. He shows up at Ethan Embry's house and is like, I live here. I need to come home. Uh, and they have an altercation with him and he ends up leaving. Right. Then he kills the kid and he kills the kid in the hotel by putting on a garbage bag and chopping the kid up like with a bow saw in mm-hmm. the bathtub. Yeah. And the movie does a great job of not showing that, mm-hmm. but but you feel cutting it. cutting between him painting the kid and like the blood going down the drain. Yeah, and you don't see a thing, but mm-hmm. you feel you feel yeah. like holy shit! I just watched a kid get butchered, mm-hmm. and you don't see a thing. Especially because like he's taking the kid, like you think he's taking the body into the motel. Yes, and then he gets halfway into his door, and the kid starts writhing and shit. You know, like, holy shit. Yep, he's still alive. And then he's still, you still hear him writhing and in the moaning bath. in the distance. And he picks up the, the saw. And this is important, too, because we see what his process is, right? We know they're alive. It's and ritualized. Yep, they're alive. The kid's alive in the bathroom. He's getting ready to go. And once he gets back into the bathroom, then it's game over. Right. So now, Ethan Embry's painting. He loses track of time, right? Mm-hmm. And then he... Comes out, he's like, all right, well, I'm done painting. Holy fuck, it's 7 or 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. He has left his daughter sit on the stoop of the school for presumably three or four hours, right? And then again, this is a great example when you see how much it bothers him. Like, you realize how much he loves his daughter and Mm -hmm. that, like, they, the power is back to her. Like, not in, like, a bratty way, not in, like, a spoiled, not, not a Veruca Salt way, right? Right. Not in a Lola way. Right. But in, like, a we, I care about you, yeah. and I need you to understand that. She owns him, but only because they have this great relationship, and he never wants to do anything to hurt that. Yes. So that's, it's not, there's no manipulation going on. No, because if you remember, he had already just told her no, that she couldn't have a guitar, because the guy tried to leave her the guitar. Mm-hmm. The the crazy guy the left, her, left her a flying V. And he was he played the dad role, and he was right. like, "No, I'm not going to give that to you right. because he's a good dad." But because she's a kid, and all kids are manipulators, she manipulated into getting that because he left because he yes. didn't want her to tell mom that but, she left her. That. But my point is, he's not daddy from Lola because no, he no, did no, 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 because no. he did tell her no, right? Right, and she figured out a way to do it, mm-hmm. and he's not a bad. But but he's not just one that's just going to give her anything, right? Um. He, she's not the princess, but they do have a great relationship. They have a very realistic, good relationship. Yes. Um, Where people fuck up, and sometimes you take advantage of yeah. that. And he promises he's never going to do it again. Correct. She gets to keep the guitar. Yeah. All is well in the world because he n- never does it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, Another part of the plot is he... So they, they're having trouble paying bills. He takes his... Uh, painting that he had painted the upside down cross 
to a, a gallery. Obviously, they have there's a relationship before they they keep turning him down or whatever. And he's like, "Look, this is I've never painted anything like this before. It just kind of fell out of me, and you know, uh, you have to look at it." And so she looks at it, and it's very obvious that she likes it. Passes it on to her boss. He likes it. He says, "Hey, can I come look at it at three? And he's like, I gotta pick up my kid at three. She's like, Well, I can push it back to two. So he comes and sees the. Now the painting has multiple kids as the butterflies and his daughter burning and fucking Satan over all of it. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Probably not gonna be great for the bank. No. <laughs> But pretty fucking metal. But pretty awesome. And and even taking it a step further, like whoever actually did this painting, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and they did it in stages. Yes. Because it's like, here's for the bank, and then the kids as butterflies, and then the kids are in fire, and then, but with like smoke or whatever, and then Satan's up there. Yes. Five-eyed Satan. Really, really well done. Yeah. Um, He gets tied up, however, during this mm-hmm. meeting. And guess what? He's late again. I love that. I know that it does. It turns out to be more outwardly tense, but I love that this movie can have a super tense moment where, like, seemingly nobody's lives are in danger. It's just it's, he it, could fuck up a family relationship. Like yeah. he could fuck up. He's his gonna relationship disappoint. With his he's gonna disappoint his daughter, and, and that's the, that's his world. Yes, right. that's what he's worried about. And he blows out a tire. And just like, fucking, I'm going to run there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we. We skipped a lot of the movie. We skipped a lot of the movie. Uh, oh, well. Uh, the only other thing I want to say is at one point he buries the kid that we saw in luggage on their property. Yes. Um, however, daughter's not there because daughter was abducted by Psycho. Right. So now she is duct taped. Laying in the bathroom as he's starting his ritual to get his garbage bag on to get the bow saw out mm-hmm. to chop her up and kill her. Right. And the best part is about being an indie movie, that totally could have happened. Yeah. That there's n- there's no reason that that couldn't have happened. This mm-hmm. isn't like it's a if you're sitting in the movie theater watching this or that was Dakota Fanning or something. You know, it's mm-hmm. a Tom Cruise movie. You know that's not going to happen. Yeah. That totally could have happened in this movie. Yeah, and then also you know they're not like doing audience testing and stuff like that. Yes. Like, it's not movies by committee. Exactly. Um, however, pretty ingeniously and believably, yeah. she manages to escape. She just happened, there happens to be right by her hand, like a, uh, the, where the piece of tape meets, right? Mm-hmm. And so she can use her thumbnail to kind of flick that off, and then she tapes it down to the floor which mm-hmm. i thought was really cool yep and then was able to roll out of it because it's taped to the floor mm-hmm. and you said there so happens to be i don't want that to sound like no. a, a plot device or something that's convenient to the plot it's like she struggles for a long time and even to get that tiny piece she's really struggling to right. get it she she was able to do that because she was clever with how she did it mm-hmm. and she escapes through the window yeah it totally subverts the thing again because like she does. She crawls out, and she's safe. She's with the police. Uh, it fucks up her and her dad's relationship because she's like, "You abandoned me again. Mm-hmm. You said you wouldn't be late." 
but she's safe. And you're like, oh, all yep. right. Yep. And now they have two police officers with them. I because, thought this was a climax, but I guess not. Yeah. They've, they've got two police officers with them. Uh, so they're going to move them into a safe house, right? Right. They're until they catch the guy. Protection. Until they can save this guy. I'm sorry. Until they can get this guy. So the police officers are outside the house as they're packing. And then you just hear the police officer woman start screaming in agony. Mm-hmm. Because dude just rolled up and ran over the one well, cop and then pinned you, him. You don't know for a, close to a minute. Yes. You just hear her screaming. screaming and then the mom and the daughter fighting over whether or not they should open the door. Yes. And like the mom just having to look and her like, the daughter like being in the corner yelling at her mom to not look. Yep. Um, but dude ends up taking out both police officers. And again, he doesn't do this in like a, a Tom Cruise fashion where he's like double taps to the back of their head. Mm-hmm. He does it sloppily with like his thing that he prefers is just a rock. Right. So he hits him with the car. Yeah. And then he walks over and just hits him in the head with a rock a couple mm-hmm. times. And then he picks up the gun and like almost he knows what it is, but like doesn't know what it is. Yeah. He doesn't know how to use it. Right. He's never handled one. But he puts it together, figures it out and kills the woman cop. I thought he hit her in the head with a rock. I'm sorry. Yes, he he shoots it when he gets into the house. Right. Because Ethan Embry shows up, has a baseball bat, is hiding behind the door, ready to surprise him. Yes. Comes in the door, goes to surprise him. Guy figures out how to use the gun. (laughs) But not well. He fires it, like, up in the ceiling and all around. Like, he is... He is scared of this, and I loved that. Oh, yeah, no. The, he is this scared guy is, of the gun. Yes, which is exactly how I would be. Yeah. But also, like, he's scared of it and doesn't understand it, but knows. Like, he's seen TV. Yeah. He knows what to do generally. Yes. And so the gun scares Ethan Embry, and he tries to run away. And after, like, four shots, whatever, he finally, like, as he's running away, can aim someone at him. And Ethan Embry goes down. Right shot through the lung um the mom ends up in the other room mm-hmm. right the mom and the daughter are cowered like in the, the closet. Like a coat closet or something uh mom ends up getting shot as well daughter dragged up the stairs and i loved that we never see inside the closet no you have no idea exactly you just hear what the gunshot. yep and you don't even know if the mom's alive but right. she starts trying to pull herself out trying to wake up ethan Embry, uh who she thinks is dead at this point mm-hmm. daughter gets end up taken upstairs uh, by the guy as he's sloshing gasoline around. Mm-hmm. Um, all the way up the stairs. All the way up the stairs. Sets the stairs on fire so no one can get up. Yep. Uh, Ethan Embry starts to come to, rushes the wife out, standing outside as you're seeing inside the bedroom. They, he's pouring gasoline all over, and his game plan is to immolate himself along with the girl. Is that his game plan? I don't. I didn't know what his game plan was. Yeah, because he seemed scared of the fire also, but he's definitely made like a circle around the bed, and they're standing on the bed. Yeah, because he's saying something like "this is his plan for us" or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his game plan is the two of them are going to go down together in flames in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Ethan Embry gets the ladder that was established earlier that he was using to paint with. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes it up to the second floor. And ends up in the room as the fire is happening and metal music is blaring in the bedroom. Yeah. Thoughts on this fire scene? I thought it was really cool. Uh, 
What are we describe the fire scene to me? So basically, he makes it in there. Uh, let's see, jumps. I thought it was a little confusing because he jumps onto the bed, and then him and the uh, antagonist go kind of rolling. It seems like he should have been basically in the fire, but other than that little awkward moment, you just assume that, or they're fighting, and he puts his finger in. He like gets he punches him in the face, but he puts his finger in Ethan Embry's like bullet wound, and uh, that's always the go-to in movies that I cringe on. They they did the same thing. He did the same thing in Loved Ones. She tried to finger his hole in his forehead. Oh yeah. Sean Byrne is a finger holer. <laughs> Holer finger, finger or hole. Um, so stylistically, though, this is not realistic at all. It's almost, it's completely stylized, yeah. right? And I think that's a product of like fire is really unsafe, very expensive to actually do, and very hard to do realistically if you're not doing it practically. And even when you're doing practically, most of the time it just looks like it's in a line because that's what it is. Yeah. So I think the alternative was let's not try to make it real. Let's make it super stylized. Or you can just be like Quentin Tarantino and actually burn down the theater. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Turns out I put all my actors at total risk. <laughs> um. So I think they did this as good as they could with all those variables, like taking all those variables into consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a super stylized burn and that okay. it doesn't look real. Um, but it, it is cool him rising from behind the flames with the flying V car yep. or fine, fi- <laughs> flying V guitar. Flying I just want to say flying car. <laughs> That's what I want to say. Because where the fuck are they? I want one. Uh, I'm excited that we're close to self-driving cars, but whatever. He's got the flying V guitar and beats him over the head two or three times. It breaks off, and so he just fucking stabs him with the broken piece. Uh, and I did appreciate the like her being scared on the bed, just like, I, look, this is where I die. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, come on, I'll catch you. Yeah. Uh, and they make it out, and Ethan Embry digs up all of the bodies of all the kids that were buried. Here's our daughter. She's safe now. I'm going to go walk over here away from you guys. (laughs) In the field. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's definitely nighttime. He moves a little bit of dirt, and then there are some some luggage there. And then it's suddenly daytime, and he, like, looks up to God and starts crying. And it's like, that's... I think that is what I, that's no, what I, I think there's a time cut there because he finds like a suitcase, but then they cut to daylight and he's got like 10 suitcases laying around. No, he's he sweeps away the suitcase and it's turning daytime. Then when do we see the shot of like 10 suitcases? There he's exposed. He's it's loose dirt. He's exposed like four or five. Mm-hmm. There aren't like 10. You see like the tops of a bunch. Okay. But yeah, like all the devil stuff, all the the children are yelling at the children are trying to speak through me, trying to escape, like all of that stuff. Take that out, and I love this movie. Instead, I just I, it was enjoyable. I gave it a thumbs up on Netflix. Uh, but yeah, it's like. <laughs> 
like I feel stronger in my dislike for it because I liked it so much. It's like I love this so much, but that one thing kind of ruins it for me. Just like, <laughs> oh god, I was trying to fill time because I didn't know what you were doing, and then that happened. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> Jesus Christo. What did you think I was doing? I thought you just like needed a burp or something. You were like standing back away from the mic, and then just holy shit. I did that once in a theater. Like it was a really quiet part, and I like as I I sneeze like a man. Like so, I made this huge sneeze, and then I heard everybody around. There was my wife and I. It was like this really quiet part, and I did a big man sneeze. And then around us, I heard some people giggling, and other people like, "What was that?" <laughs> and my wife's just dying beside me, <laughs> just laughing at me. Uh, did I ever tell you the story of the downfall of the coolest kid in second grade? No. Uh, so second grade, this kid named David, he was like the shit. He was the head of like... David H? Yes. Redhead David H? Yes. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> he was the cool kid. He was the head of like... What cliques exist in second grade? <laughs> he was the head of the best one, the coolest one. Like the one you wanted to be. And uh, he was like so cool, play football and all this stuff. And then, like, we were in cafeteria one day eating lunch, and all of a sudden you hear, (laughs) and he lost all credibility in the world (laughs) because he sneezed, and he sneezed like a girl. (laughs) It was great. That's awesome. Um, Any final thoughts on Devil's Candy? Uh, like, you know my take, like, uh, the plot of this, if you take out Satan, mentally ill, uh, wants to, just wants to get back in his house, it's occupied by new people, so he, uh, the voices in his head tell him to kill him. Like, that seems super cool. Fucked up because it is kind of realistic. Like, that is something that could totally happen, uh, and I think that would have been a great movie a movie that was especially with the touch with the characters that this movie had yeah and the filmmaking quality uh i thought would have been great the whole satan part of it like it didn't need to be there and in fact i think it detracted okay i'll buy that uh i think it's an awesome movie i'm not disagreeing with what you're saying Mm -hmm. but I've, i've very much learned to stop as we've talked about the poly shore thing a lot I stopped trying to make them what I think that they are or should be. And I try to assess them for what they are. Um, And I think it's awesome. I love it. I think it's super, super competently done. I think all the characters are awesome in both of these movies. And I'm excited to see what he does next. Because I think he's, for these being his first two movies, it's it's hard to... I looked up on IMDb. He didn't have anything in production that I saw or anything. So I was a little disappointed. Yeah. Because I want to see... Like, if that's his sophomore slump, what is he going to do next? Okay. So you said sophomore slump. Does that mean you prefer loved ones to Devil's Candy? Uh, I do not, actually. I prefer Devil's Candy. I do, too. Or too. Cool. Go watch it. It's on Netflix. Go watch it. It's yep. good. Yep, it is. Um, Next week? Next week. Next week. First film is... 
Jason is back, and this is the one you've been screaming for. Oh, good. Friday the 13th, the final chapter. So this will be the last one yeah, that we're we done. Yeah, we're done with these. We'll be there's done after this. Them. Yep, there's four of them. Yep. And then four of them in the remake, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just Jason's mask and blood. Uh, obviously, it's the final chapter, so uh, I'm assuming that this is like Final Destination 4, or it's like Final Destination, like the Final Destination or whatever. And then it was like, these movies make hella, hella fucking money. So we're making a fifth one, even though we said we weren't, this is the last one. So I'm assuming that's going to be the case. So what are we going to see in it? Jason murdering some people, <laughs> probably at a camp. You're really going out on a limb here, aren't I you? know, right? You're not going to give me anything else? Uh, he hasn't... Has Okay, I'm trying to remember the first three movies. He doesn't really have the machete, like... I think he's used it once or twice, but I don't think he has it as like his main weapon yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna assume it might that might come into play here. Okay. A little more like iconic Jason. Or I could be way off base, I don't know. Okay. Alright. Second film. Next week. Second film. It's exactly what you think it is. <laughs> and I'm not saying that. That's I'm reading that <laughs> off the front. <laughs> Pieces. <laughs> It's weird that we're watching this with a Jason movie and not maybe another uh, tentpole franchise. The best chainsaw flick since the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Splatter City. Four stars. Oh, great. Splatter City. Uh, back is no help except I think that's mostly naked woman. No, it's mostly, mostly naked man. Never mind. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> Uh, there's a dude on the front who's dressed like the shadow, but in blackface <laughs> and has a chainsaw and a lady with a blood and a nighty and a mansion. So I'm going to guess, uh, rich kids go to a mansion party and get murdered by a chainsaw weirding psychopath. Here's a alternative cover. Alternative? Alternate? pieces it's exactly what you think it is here's another alternative cover from the soundtrack alternate (laughs) something an alternative is a noun Hmm. that's cool uh there's a warning label on here due to the shocking and violent subject matter no one under 17 should view this film uh this lady has been frankensteined back together looks like she has definitely, like, from the wrists and shoulders and knee and hip and head, all been sewn back on, so. There's some sort of frankly, hey, there's a mostly naked woman. <laughs> Except, well, is that half of a mostly naked woman? I think that's half of a mostly naked woman. <laughs> Actually, that's half of a naked woman. Uh, yeah. So what are we going to see? What are we going to see? Give me your expectation. Uh, we're going to see B.O.B. Buckets of blood. Uh, <coughs> okay. Cough. What else you got, Justin? 